Now, joining us on the line right now is the member for Namajira, uh, Bill Yan. He's also the opposition spokesperson for health. Good morning to you, Bill. Uh, good morning. Um... And uh, good morning to your listeners as well, Katie. And, and look, oh, I was listening to um, Shelley before as well. And, mate, that absolutely heartbreaking um, to listen to what she's had to go through. Yeah, I felt really quite sad listening to her. I think everybody probably did because you think we're already kind of in lockdown and business is already struggling. And now I know that obviously an IGA is able to continue operating, but it's just unfair that this kind of thing happens to hardworking people who are trying to run a business. Oh, and it's the fact that it's it's not just a once-off, this is yeah, the second time that they've been hit, and it's not just them, there's so many of those small businesses right across the Territory that are, that are suffering, not only from the, the COVID stuff and the lockdowns and the lack of business and the lack of travel, but um, that, that criminal element, it just it just really, really must push people right to the mm. absolute edge. Um, yeah, I, look, I can't even begin to imagine... Uh, how Shelley and the family feels. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of, you know, our heartfelt, uh, well, we're really, our hearts go out to Shelley and Kenny and uh, and their families, or their whole family, I should say. Um, and yeah, we're all really thinking of them um, today and hoping that, uh, you know, that they're able to, to really sort that out this morning and, and be able to, to get operating again. But Bill, unfortunately, you know, this kind of thing is not an isolated incident. I know that, um, that in Central Australia, a bit earlier in the week, or yesterday, we caught up with Rob Robin Lamley, and she told us about that terrible situation in the car park at Coles. Um, the police have now um, have now arrested and charged somebody, but it must have been a pretty frightening situation for those in Central Australia. Oh, absolutely! If you if you look at the, the Coles car park there that hour of the day, it's so busy. Uh, lots of young families uh, in and around the place. Uh, it's directly across the road from my electorate office. And, next door to Robin, so um, yeah, it, it, it's sort of in our, our front slash backyard and um, look absolutely frightening, but I just I can't believe that no one was uh, more seriously hurt, and it's so fortunate that the people weren't mm. and, and then for the, the out of the car park and uh, run through a red light, uh, cause another accident um, this is 10.30 in the morning um, and yeah. The, the alcohol involved, like the, the blood alcohol content, 0.18 um, at, at that hour of the day, that, that is absolutely mind-boggling. You've got to look, think about uh, our, our alcohol policies that are being put in place by government working. Um, do we need to go back to some mandatory alcohol treatment? Because obviously the message is not getting through and um, we're still seeing these horrible, horrible and frightening issues in our community in Alice Springs. Well, not just Alice Springs, it's yep. across the territory. Well, Bill, you are obviously the opposition spokesperson for health, and I know that all of the discussion throughout this week has been around COVID, but um, following on from that incident and also following on, obviously, from the discussion with Shelley this morning where they are trying to get their hands on alcohol, um, I mean, do you feel as though those policies around alcohol at the moment are working? No, no, I don't think they are, Katie. And look... It, it takes courage to stand by your decisions, um, and the government are standing by their their decisions, I suppose, around their alcohol policy, but it takes much more courage to admit that your decisions are not working and that you need to change your approach. And I think this government needs to pluck up a little bit more courage than it currently has and actually face the hard facts that um, their alcohol policies are failing territorians. You've only got to look at the alcohol-related harm in our communities, uh, offences against the person which involve alcohol, 
it's not working. Um, and territories can't put up with it any longer. So I think they need to go back to the drawing board and have a really close, hard look uh, at, at what is going on in the community and what's working and what's not. Because I, I tell you what, territories are telling us that what's happening out there as far as alcohol policy is not working. Um, Bill, I do want to talk a bit more about the COVID situation currently. Obviously, we are expecting or we understand that the Chief Minister and others are in that SEMSI meeting right now. We're anticipating that there's going to be a bit of an update. Well, sooner rather than later, hopefully, if we are going to see that lockdown lift at midday. Um, and, and, you know, I suppose once we, once we get a better lay of the land uh, for today, we'll then know where we're going in terms of those restrictions lifting and and what restrictions may stay in place i.e masks and that kind of thing um do you think the government made the right decision in in you know locking down and locking down hard uh early um despite there only being that one case well i think i think the decision was right katie because the opportunity was for um increased spread of covid and and as the government has come out and said it, it gives our contact traces that time to do those checks to see where people have been. Um, I'd hate to be in a position where we didn't do that hard lockdown and we allowed someone to move around the community and then spread COVID further afield. If only you look uh, at what's happening to poor people down in New South Wales at the moment. Um, I think the decision for the hard lockdown was correct. It's tough to do. Uh, It's tough on everybody, but uh, it's three days. We may be able to get out and move around today and I think uh, it's probably the wise choice. Now, um, Alice Springs and also uh, Darwin, obviously we've seen at different times uh, strain on the hospital. Uh, we caught up with the health minister earlier in the week and asked how things were going following on from that code yellow. Uh, I had been told over the weekend by somebody who works in the health sector uh, that Royal Darwin Hospital is still strained at this point. Um, Bill, I'm not sure if you've seen some of those photos that have been shared on social media uh, with our paramedics, those uh, ambulances lined up waiting to get into um, into emergency. Um, how how do you think we're going at the moment when we talk about um, the capacity at Royal Darwin Hospital? Look, I, I think based on those photos and the discussions I've had with a few people that the challenges are well and truly still there for uh, Royal Darwin uh, and our bed capacity and, of course, those bed flows. And look, the only reason those ambulances are sitting outside um, A&E there is that there's no beds for them to go into. And I know for, for many months now, probably over 12 months, they've been um, doubling up people in cubicles in A&E. Uh, we, we asked the question uh, of the Health Minister back in estimates last year what they're doing to, to address that. Um, and there was no answer. They, it was, oh, no, we're, we're not putting any extra money towards um, addressing that particular issue. <laughs> There's plenty of money for, for grandstands and payouts to um, criminals. So, yeah, could the money be better spent at uh, at RDH? I certainly think so. Now, um, we just caught up with Senator Sam McMahon, the CLP Senator Sam McMahon, a bit earlier this morning, and she confirmed that, or she said that the Federal Health Minister, uh, Greg Hunt, had confirmed with her that there is just 12 beds in the ICU uh, unit. Um, Did you ask this question throughout estimates, and and were you given a similar response? Um, There are the the 12 ICU beds there, um, but there is capacity, of course, to expand. I know that from my uh, work 
um, talking to the minister and my tours around the hospital. So yeah. there's a private hospital next door which they can push out into if need be. So, yeah, it's always a concern. We've only got 12 ICU beds. Is it enough? Um, hopefully, I think it should be, but... Um, if you've got COVID and you throw that into the mix with a few other things, it's going to stretch the capacity of RDH. Um, but I know that they do have contingency plans in place, but um, it, it will make an already overworked and overburdened health system um, just that much more difficult, particularly for the staff there, mm. uh, who are going absolutely above and beyond on a daily basis um, for the health of us Territorians. Well, Bill Yan, uh, the member for Namajira and also the opposition spokesperson for health, we really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for having a chat with us. Thanks, Katie. Uh, great to talk to you again. Thank you.